Welcome to the Gospel for Life. We have four Treasure Valley pastors committed to showing that the gospel is not just for that religious part of your life, but rather it's for all of life. You never graduate from the gospel. I'm Josh Bales, pastor of the Well Church, here with Russell Herman, pastor at Cloverdale United Reformed Church, Phil Moran, pastor at Christ Presbyterian Church, and Jonathan Van Hoogen, pastor at Spring United Reformed Church. Now, if you'd like to find out more about us or catch past broadcasts or get information about our annual conference, you can find us at ReformationVoice.com. All right. Welcome back to the show today, brothers. Uh, we actually have everybody in the studio. How are you guys doing today? We're doing fine. Uh, I speak for all of us, but <laughs> in that editorial, we. Well, what is this, I'm the board? Doing, no, I'm I guess I'm fine. <laughs> I had a, I had a professor once. I used the word "we" in a paper, and he he wrote on the in the margin. I he and gave it back to me. He said, "The only people that can say we are kings and people with tapeworm." So. Oh, well, I am not a king. <laughs> And I've lost weight. <laughs> Every once in a while, things are said in the studio that leave us wondering, where do we go from there? <laughs> well, I would suggest that we come back to our uh, theme, our theme, which is we've been work- working through the Gospel of Luke and, and some of the Advent texts, that, uh, texts that are traditionally associated with the season of Advent, and uh, where Luke is writing about uh, the the work of God leading up to the birth of Jesus. And today we come to Mary's visit with Elizabeth. Mary is pregnant with Jesus, the Son of God, and her cousin Elizabeth is pregnant with little unborn John the Baptist. Very quickly, what what is Advent and what's your 30-second defense of why should we should pay any attention to this time of year? Well, Advent simply means coming. It's a time of the church year to remember that Christ has come and will come again. And we also remember how long Israel had to wait for the coming of the Messiah. And uh, a lot of the, the Christian life is about waiting in hope uh, for the fulfillment of our total fulfillment of our salvation. So Advent is an annual time. I think there's, I think personally, I think there's wisdom in the rhythm of the church year. I don't follow it legalistically. Our church doesn't follow it legalistically. And I think you're, you guys don't either, but there, there's wisdom in the annual cycle of the church year. And th- that in the season of Advent, the four weeks prior to Christmas, uh, remembering uh, the biblical teaching of hope and anticipation in the coming of Jesus. Absolutely, and I, and like you said, we don't do that religiously uh, in the in a you know like it's a must. But in fact, we we're anticipating Advent all the time. If we're <coughs> preaching expositionally through God's Word, we're anticipating all of His promises that are going to be fulfilled. But it it is uh, particularly special at this time of year when um, people's minds are naturally. Uh, turn in this direction and what we want to do is we want to take uh, you know the smalts out of it and uh, and that and return to the this is why Jesus came uh, the message of why Jesus came yeah and very quickly do do you guys have 
an Advent devotional that you have found overly helpful that you might recommend to, to our listeners? We're, we're going over, I don't know how the book ends, but I, the, the author is good, Starmead. Um, she's written several devotionals on the, the catechisms, but we're reading Keeping Holiday. Mm-hmm. So I'm like chapter three in it right now, and, and the main character is encased in this rock tomb. So we all left the table last night thinking what's going to happen next. So um, that one's been really good. I've read that one as as a family, and and I don't think you're. Does it, does what it is end the, good? It does. Okay. Yeah. What is the one? What is the one uh, by Sinclair Ferguson? Um, love, love came down. Love came down. Love came down. That's the yes. that's the one I'm reading this year. Um, it's a it's a one. Actually, it goes. He's using First Corinthians 13, which opens up with the message of angels, and uh, and he does. He's tying First Corinthians 13 with the advent of Christ. Phil, any that you found? Yeah. Hey, are you still yeah. looking through your through your your library? <laughs> I, I couldn't remember the name of the book that we were reading this year. Is, is what it was. I knew the author, but I couldn't remember the name. David Mathis, the Christmas we didn't expect, mm-hmm. just came out this year, and um, mm-hmm. so far it's been very good. Mm-hmm. How about I'll read the text, uh, Mary's visit to Elizabeth, and this comes right after. This is in Luke chapter 1, and it comes right after the visit of the angel Gabriel to Mary, where Gabriel tells Mary that she's going to be the mother of the Son of God. And then immediately, verse 39, Luke goes on. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leapt in her womb. And Elizabeth, remember that's little John the Baptist. Mm -hmm. The baby leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leapt for joy. I don't know say say leapt or leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. I just want to just jump in and just make sure that we read the story correctly, because I think sometimes people will look at it and say, in their mind have them as cousins and think like we think of our cousins. Right. Um, You're talking about somebody that's probably 13, 14 year old girl going to somebody that's probably 50s, 60s, something Mm -hmm, like that. mm -hmm. Um, So you're not talking about, Oh, you're going to your favorite cousin's house. It's more of a, of a, you're going to your great aunt's house. Um, or your your grandma's house. Um, that would be the age difference between mm-hmm. Mary and Elizabeth. And so I think we just have to have a different picture. Right. I mean, oftentimes in, in nativity reproductions or whatever, they're basically people that are the same age. And you shouldn't be thinking that. Yeah. There's a young girl going to an old woman. And as is you, really what it is. As you yeah. pointed out, uh, you know, the... Um, the older woman here is a very devout mm-hmm. uh, person, so she's going to identify yep. with the thing. Mary's going to see her because she's received a revelation from God, and she's going to see her, somebody whom she trusts, um, with this message. 
and then we're then we're told uh, some remarkable things that take place. You know, I mean, the fact that the babe leaps in the womb of Elizabeth. You know, I mean. Here, you know, we live in an age in which, you know, we don't even recognize the humanity of something growing in the womb. Um, here's not only is the humanity recognized, but the humanity in the womb recognizes the voice uh, of the one who's burying the Messiah. Yeah. There's a, there, you know, we, you know, God does, God is not constrained with time the same way we're constrained with time. Uh, he can... He can regenerate the heart of children, and and this is a this is an aspect you know I mean of setting apart uh, John the Baptist from infancy from pre infancy. Yes, and just to be well, remember, be clear, Jonathan isn't over reading into the text. No, the text actually states that the child leaps for joy. Mm-hmm. It's not just the uh, the baby moved. I mean, mm-hmm. we're tolding explicitly that the baby is reacting to the presence of Jesus Christ. Well, and remember earlier in Luke, the angel Gabriel had said specifically to Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist, the angel Gabriel said that the baby to be born will be filled with the Holy Spirit from his mother's womb. Mm-hmm. So John the Baptist, little unborn John the Baptist, gestating in his mother's womb, is already filled with the Holy Spirit, and in a really profound sense, he's already fulfilling his call. Are you what, are what, you are you saying that God sovereignly chooses salvation from the womb? Amen, and that God has already sovereignly chosen John the Baptist for a particular call and already filled him with the Holy Spirit for this call, even in the womb. And what, what is the call of John the Baptist? He's going to spend his whole life pointing at Jesus. That's, that's his mission, what? that he points people to Jesus, and he's already doing it in the womb. He's jumping up and down and pointing at Jesus. This he, is, he points him. his mom to Jesus. Yes. This, this is true uh, of Scripture in other places as well. We think about the prophet Jeremiah, and... Um, where it where Jeremiah issued, writes down his call, it says, "The word of the Lord came to me, saying, This is in the first chapter of Jeremiah. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Yes. And you know, when we you know, in fact, this is something that we carry over into our our own families. We recognize, that God deals with His people in a covenantal way, that uh, you know, you know, in the, in one sense, our children are set apart by the Lord. Um, this is the pattern. This is not, you know, it's it's a pattern that can be broken in the sense that you might have children that serve the Lord and some that don't. But the pattern is that God promises the promises to you and to your children and to those who are far off as many as the Lord our God shall call so the pattern is is he going to you know he, he's going to be involved in your family's life before they're born yes this is not we're not trying to hopefully wrest this out of its context but this is the doctrine where we would say that those that lose children in the womb this is part of the reason why to, we say that they can have a good hope for the salvation of their children 
um, despite the fact that they they never lived outside of the womb, um, but as covenant children, we believe not because they didn't reach an artificial age of accountability. Yeah, we we believe this because we know God has done this in the past that and, He and regenerates they're gonna, and they're gonna those be, in the womb, and they're going to be saved by grace just like we are. Exactly. I mean, they, exactly. not because of something they did, but because something He's promised and done. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, mm-hmm. that, that's the problem with that that doctrine of the age of accountability, because as we said on yesterday's program. Um, if Jesus wouldn't have been born of a virgin from from conceived by the Holy Spirit, he would have inherited Adam's um, sin. And the same thing is true with with every baby, whether they they survive or no. Every baby is born with Adam's original sin, and so we do need God's electing grace, even as infants. Right. I always find fascinating how this passage ends. It says, "And blessed is she," referring to Mary, who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. Mm-hmm. Um, so we don't just have what we talked about yesterday, this whole idea of, behold, I'm a servant of the Lord. Elizabeth says, blessed are you for b- believing and trusting what God has said, mm-hmm. that you heard from God, and that was enough. Yeah. Despite the fact that it goes against everything in your in your natural mind, you believe the word of God more than what you your experiences or what you feel or what um, you can comprehend. Yeah. You know, the interesting thing is it didn't, it, you know, the baby is very young at this point. Mary leaves right away, right after the annunciation of the angel. Yeah. I'm sorry. We're at the end, right? We are. You I, Go ahead and take us out. Well, you know, one of the things, that, it's just a blessing to see the promises of God and being fulfilled in the answer of people's hearts to the message that God has given. And that's what we need to do. We need to respond from the heart to the message that God has given. Amen. 